On this edition of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast, he didn't go to an academy in this province, but has made a name for himself south of the border anyways. Lethbridge's Landon Brassa joins us. Welcome to episode 75 of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. I'm Joe McFarland. The college baseball season is upon us. Some teams have already been going at it for a couple of weeks, while first pitch will be thrown for others in the coming days. For Lethbridge's Landon Brassa, he can't wait to get back on the field. The senior was a workhorse for the University of San Francisco in 2018, and expectations were high going into 2019. But midway through his first start of the season, he felt something give in his arm, and it was later realized he would need Tommy John surgery. The anniversary of that game is coming up on Sunday, and as the Dons get ready to open up their season against California State University at Northridge, the six foot four right-hander took some time out of his schedule to chat with us about his journey, the injury and subsequent rehabilitation, and his mindset, which centers on believing in himself. Landon, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. Yeah, of course. No, thanks for having me, Joe. You're a Lethbridge guy who's gone a long way in baseball, but how did it all start? Yeah, I mean, it's. I think that the first thought that comes to my mind with that is my dad. Obviously, he was uh, kind of that guy just, you know, putting the baseball in my hands, getting me a mitt from a young age. And, and I mean, I don't know, it was just something that I really took a liking to. I As a kid, I would uh, play in the backyard, and when the snow would come, I'd just play in the basement. <laughs> you know, whether it was throwing a plush ball or whatever it may be. I think it was just uh, something that came natural to me. I mean, obviously I had other loves in, in basketball and volleyball as well, but baseball for some reason was just something that I really, really enjoyed and something that me and my dad bonded over growing up. Did you have a player that you tried to emulate or a team that you always wanted to play for? I mean, how could you not be a Blue Jays fan growing up in Canada? Um, <laughs> obviously growing up in that, in that era where uh, Carlos Delgado was our best player. I mean, he was... He was my hero. I mean, I even had a little jersey uh, his, of his growing up. But, I mean, and the other side of it, too, becoming a pitcher as I as I got a little bit older was I think back to how much I watched Roy Halladay and, and how fantastic he is and just what he could do and, and how he went out there every single time, no matter if they were 30 games out of a playoff spot or opening day. I mean, he went out there and competed every single time. Do you remember when you thought to yourself that you wanted to take this game as far as you could go with it? Yeah, I think that once I got into high school and kind of understood the way that college athletics worked, I kind of figured that I wanted to play baseball. Um, but it just it seemed like such a foreign concept, uh, you know, baseball in, in the U.S., uh, and obviously somewhere outside of Lethbridge. But uh, my high school coach, Kenny Fuvarud, was, uh, he was an outfielder at St. Mary's for a couple of years down here in California. And, and he was somebody I just kind of latched on to because he actually started as my volleyball coach when I was in ninth grade. And, and I kind of latched on to him, and I would just pick his brain about college baseball. That's all I ever wanted to talk about with him. And um, One day he actually said, and this is something that I'll never forget, too. So he basically told me, he said, look, man, if you want to play, uh, you just got to find a spot. And he said, there's enough schools out there. You just got to find somewhere. And so that's, that's something that I, that I held with me. And then obviously went out there and, and did in terms of going to junior college in Oregon and, and now here at USF in California. 
I was watching a video that was put put together about you, and one of the things that I took away from it is uh, you went out of your way to market yourself, to go out of your way to find that spot and beyond that, pay your way through junior college just so that you could get to the next step. Yeah, I mean, a lot where a lot of that comes from is the self belief. I think that uh, kids and and people in general have a hard time betting on themselves, and I think that. For me, I, you know, there's no doubt in my mind I was going to be a Division One player. Uh, you know, I might not have had those kind of physical skills by any means, but that's something that I knew I wanted to do and I knew I could do. Um, but obviously, I, you know, I didn't have any offers coming out of high school, so I had to figure out a way to get somewhere. And uh, Oregon seemed like a, a decent fit in that the NWAC conference, that junior college league. And so I emailed, I think it was probably eight or ten coaches in that league. And, and the only coach that got back to me, that really even responded was coach Blonnet Lane. And he basically said, Hey, if, if you want to come out here and try to throw a bullpen, if you can get down here, by all means, I'll get you a catcher. And, and I thought, all right, Hey, there's a, there's a chance. So, you know, I flew down to Oregon and, and uh, wound up in Eugene and you got a catcher for me. Sure enough, I went out there through a bullpen. <clears throat> I topped it about 78 miles an hour, <laughs> but threw a ton of strikes. So he kind of, after he took me aside, he said, Hey, well, you're not going to pitch for us this year, but, if you uh, want to come down here in redshirt and try it again next year, I mean, that's always an option. So that's, I, I just jumped at that. I mean, somebody told me that I could at least be part of their college program and for being somebody who didn't have any other options, that was perfect. So like I said, that's why I bet on myself and, and just kind of went for it and redshirted that year at Lane and then played the next two. I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's really how it all happened and how I got down here to USF. How difficult was it to deal with the no's or the no responses, or did you just kind of brush them off and say, listen, all right, next? I mean, it's it's one of those things, too, and I've learned as I've gotten older, you don't really, you can't really worry about that, honestly, and a little bit discouraging when I'd be checking my email every day and nobody would have responded, or, you know, not even like a courtesy, you know, so I lost this folder. It's just, I mean, what can I do with it, or what can I do about that? That kind of happened in the summer after I graduated high school, right before school was about to start anyway. So I didn't really expect too much, but um, yeah, it was a little bit discouraging, but I mean, just that one, the one maybe honestly is kind of what coach Blunt gave me is just kind of a, maybe I uh, come down here. And so that, that in itself, that was enough for me. Like that was enough to make all the no's or, or not getting recognized at all made that more than worth it. How important was it for you to follow that up then? And what kinds of things did you do to make sure that you stood out so that you didn't turn that maybe into, okay, maybe next year, next year, next year, and it never really materialized? Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting. I I walked into a situation where we had one of the best pitching staffs in that entire conference. Uh, Little did I know, right? Just somebody just showing up. I hardly even knew half the schools in there, but just showed up. And I think that what helped me a lot was – you know, putting myself next to those sophomores, the guys that had the experience, the guys that had the work ethic, and just trying to mirror that. I mean, being 17 years old at the time, I was so it was so easy for me to just kind of mold myself to some of the work ethic things, some of the really positive things that I saw around me, and just stick to that. And that's some of the stuff that that really helped me in terms of the development. Because, I mean, it's a junior college program; it's what you make it. You got to go out there, and you have to finds your way through it and everybody's trying to move on. And I kind of really bought into that, uh, that environment of everybody trying to better themselves to move on somewhere. What are you most proud of as you've been able to kind of look back on making your way from Lethbridge down to the States? I mean, there's a few things. I think that uh, uh, one of them, you know, being able to come back and play 
played two summers for the Bulls. It was kind of cool. Just a, just a neat experience. Um, you know, growing up watching them, I always thought it'd be cool to play there. And it was just nice to get that, uh, get those innings and pitch in summer up there where my, you know, my parents could still go to some games. And then from there on out, honestly, it's been what I'm most proud of, I would say, is that six years. Like, I've played six years of college baseball, which shouldn't happen. you got to have some things go wrong for that to happen. But the amount of players and teammates that I've had and the connections that I've been able to make with guys from all across Canada, guys from all across the U.S., and obviously coaches, too, from every which way. I mean, it's been it's been something special. Like, I've got absolute wonderful relationships that I've been able to build. And, and obviously now I've got the connections, too. Like, I'm fairly close with Craig Snook, the new uh, the Bulls head coach, and he's somebody that I always reach out to and just talk a little bit about coaching and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, just the relationships have been huge. Now you're entering your senior season at the University of San Francisco, but you're almost a year removed from the game after being on the shelf. Walk us through that moment on the mound when something suddenly didn't feel quite right. Yeah, well, you know, we went down to, to San Diego State to open up our season. I just, I just been coming off a great summer. You know, I fi- figured that uh, that would have been the year to get drafted and play professionally, and so I had some expectations for myself. And I know our our coaches and everybody else did too. And I go out there and I'm in that that first outing in the fourth inning, and I it was like a one-one fastball. I tried to throw and. I just felt my elbow come apart. I mean, the ball kind of went down and in arm side and I thought, Oh man, I know exactly what that is. But like I was telling you earlier, I got the ball back and said, Hey, well, I got to see what I got left. So I tried to try to throw another and just tried to grip it and rip it. So I throw it as hard as I could and it didn't even make it to the plate. Uh, so I just kind of figured, all right, this is, this is it for this year. Obviously got the MRI a couple of days later and, and less than two weeks later, I was under the knife getting Tommy John surgery from uh, Dr. Akazuki down here, the Giants doctor. And, and then from there, I'm on my way to recovery. And it's, say, 12 months. I'm still preparing for my next start, as my coach said. Just my next start is a year from now. That's exactly what he told me. So that's pretty much how last season went. What's the last year been like for you as as you tried to recuperate from that? I mean, it's honestly, I'd put it up there as one of the best years of my life in terms of understanding and getting to know myself a little bit better. I think that uh, once I got hurt, I think I had a couple of days where I was, I was upset about it. You know, you obviously, nobody wants to get hurt, but from there, I really saw it as an opportunity. I went into my coach's office, Coach Nino Giratano here. He's been absolutely amazing. I love that guy. And he basically told me, said, look, Landon, do what's best for you. Uh, we've got a scholarship here for you for next year if you want to come back and everything. And there's no doubt in my mind I wanted to come back. So um, from there, I basically signed up, uh, got into graduate school. I'm now uh, mastering in sport management here at USF, which is just a fabulous program. So it's really been an opportunity for me over the last year where now I you know, graduated in the spring. I've been working on my master's here and, and taking the opportunity to really take things day by day where I've you know, added a lot, of, a lot of muscle mass to my body, really worked on my nutrition, sleeping, all kinds of things to put myself in the best best spot possible and that's another thing that one of the one of the surgeon had told me too he said hey this is you got a year you have a year to work on every other part of your game outside of throwing so i mean i've gotten just a ton of great work in and i'm really feeling prepared for this next season it's been almost a blessing in disguise did you lean on anybody through this process to kind of keep that mindset going strong i mean there's been a few people honestly i think that across the board um Head coach here, uh, Coach G, he's been huge. Uh, we've had a pitching coach change, so Coach Harzman was here last year, and Coach Kepplinger is here now. They've both been 
just fabulous in terms of the mental support and, and physically, obviously. And then, honestly, a teammate of mine too, Grant Nishak, he, uh, he had an elbow surgery as well, and we've been kind of going through it together, so it's nice that I've had somebody to, to compete with and bounce back. And then uh, it's been wonderful. I've been set up at a, uh, at a physical therapy clinic, um, Lisa Giannino, and, uh, sorry, Giannoni, and she's been just fabulous, and I've just had a great experience with people. I mean, honestly, I've got an entire team, my athletic trainer here too, John Fadegracco. They've, they've been so helpful. I mean, it's not just me going through this, honestly. It's been about myself with 10 teammates making my way through this last year. It's been great. Has it been tough at all, given that you are so far from home, or do you still have that regular FaceTime chat or whatever the case may be with family as well, just to kind of make sure you got that that familial support as well? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's kind of funny you ask that, because honestly, I think it's probably been harder on my family, because they don't they don't really know. It's, a, it's an unknown for them. They don't really, you know, uh, neither of my parents could make it down for the surgery, so they were they were pretty concerned, wanted to make sure I was doing all right. And obviously they get that FaceTime and they're always asking to see the scar and that kind of stuff. And when they finally made it down there, they were looking at my elbow and, and everything. And they just want to hear how the process is going. My dad texts me probably every couple of days asking how throwing's going just to check in with that kind of stuff. And it's been, I think it's been harder on them. I mean, I, I'm here, I'm in charge of all of it. I know the kind of team that I've got here working with me. So I haven't had too many concerns, but I think for them it's been a little bit tougher being far away because it's it's that unknown, right? They haven't uh they're not here with me every step of the way, so they're just curious. Kind of goes full circle on this conversation already, but uh how much of this and, and your recuperation and getting back into playing shape has been based off of your belief in yourself? Oh, I think that it's been huge. I think um at the end of the day, uh, you're always going to be your own best coach. And that's something that I've lived by, whether that's mentally or physically, uh, it doesn't really matter because, yeah, I think that if you, uh, if somebody else believes in you more than you believe in yourself, then you might be in trouble. So I think that you need to be your number one belief coach in uh, what you want to do and what you want to achieve. And obviously I had the junior college experiences and, and not being recruiting and walking on somewhere uh, to really help me because it, you know, this doesn't bother me. You know, it's, uh, yeah, it's an experience, but it's something that I can really grow from and learn from. And I've, I've had a ton of fun doing it, honestly, for as bad of a situation as it's been. And now you're healthy. You've thrown a little bit heading into the season. Do you have any goals set out for yourself or are you simply looking to stay as healthy as possible? Yeah. I mean, first and foremost, obviously the health and, and making it through the year is a big one. Um, I'd set some goals at the beginning uh, of when I got hurt is to, hey, be be ready for opening weekend. I think the way it's slated that I'm going to be starting uh, for an inning or two on the one year anniversary of getting hurt, which is, which is pretty cool. That's a, that's a date I've had marked on my calendar for a while. And then obviously it's more so team goals for us. And I, you know, being a sixth year and being a captain here and somebody who kind of understands what it's like to go through it all. Um, we just want to win this year. Our team, I think we're, we're suited up really well in terms of the kind of depth we have and everything. And obviously myself and Grant coming back from injury really helps us like that. And so um, just goals, basically we want to try to be the best uh, USF team there's ever been and win 40 games this year. And we want to, of course, go to an NCAA regional. That's the, that's number one goal, but being uh, that sixth year student athlete that I am, I think it's, I've understood that it's more about the people and it's more about the journey and everything. And the results just come. You know, you don't have to worry about the results. They're going to happen as long as you put in the right kind of work, and that's what I think our team's been doing. And, 
and myself and as an individual in terms of coming back from injury. What's it mean to you to have been named a captain for this team? It's, I mean, it's a huge honor. I think that, well, basically it's the coaches telling me that they trust me in what I do and they want me to influence others. And I think that that's something that's really important. We've got a great leadership crew. There's six of us and we meet all the time in terms of what can we do to make our team better? Who's struggling? Who needs to be picked up? That kind of stuff. And that's just important because like I said, being on so many teams and playing with so many players, there's so many different unique personalities and it's hard. My college baseball is tough. I mean, it's a long season and coaches and everything are pretty demanding. So for a lot of kids, when they come in, it's, it's something totally new to them. And so uh, just the honor to be able to help other guys, you know, go through something and provide some leadership because I got tremendous leadership my first couple of years in junior college. And so to be able to give some of that back is just fantastic. Speaking of giving back, you've got a, a few people that might be listening here in this province who might be going, hey, I want to follow that dream. I want to follow what Landon set out. What kind of advice would you have for those young kids who might be dreaming of a of a career in baseball or heading down south and doing the JUCO route or whatever the case may be and maybe heading up to the NCAA? Yeah, I think that number one is just the self-belief. That that part's huge. If you If you really know that you can do something, you just have to go out there and prove it. And uh, that's something that I thought a lot about. And honestly, the other way, the other thing too that I think about a lot is there's no one way to do something. You know, there's no, I know we have a lot of academies uh, in Alberta, obviously Vauxhall and and PBA and uh, Okotoks, and they all do a fantastic job, but there's no one way to do it, right? You don't have to go to an academy because I never did. You know, there's just, there's different ways to do things. And and a lot of the time it just comes down to your self-belief and the work that you're able to put in every single day with, a constant goal in mind. How much of it is loving the game as well? <laughs> that's almost funny. It's kind of funny that I almost forgot to mention that because that's that's <laughs> got to be close to number one too. I mean, baseball. Some it's the first thing I think about in the mornings, and it's the last thing I think about at night. That's I think that's also what's propelled me to to where I am. But yeah, that's like you have to love it, and and uh, I think that the baseball community and in Alberta is pretty tight knit. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of people that have a lot of vested interest in baseball. And I think that there's the love there, right? Like that's, mm-hmm. that's the part that's, you know, piece number one is the love is there and people love it in Alberta. I think more so than everyone else understands, but I think from there it's that, all right, now getting yourself to venture out and want to go South, want to play at a high level, want to play professionally. And, and like I said, I mean, it's been amazing to watch a guy like Mike Soroka do what he's done in the major leagues. I remember, playing against him in various tournaments growing up. And then last year, my parents were out here for graduation weekend. The Braves were in town. We went to the game and, and Mike starting going five perfect innings. I mean, it's just kind of amazing to be able to watch a guy like him do what he's done at the same time while I've been going through college, you know? And so it's been, it's been fun to watch and, and talking about Southern Alberta and Alberta in general, there's plenty of good baseball. Like I, I have a lot of faith in the players, and I think that we're only getting better. There's more guys coming south. There's more guys playing at a higher level. There's more guys playing professionally. But it's it's been fun to really watch. And like you're saying, just that kind of advice is just that self-belief because I know all the guys that have come through and, and done what I've done have all had that same kind of characteristic. When you look ahead to that first start, uh, what goes through your head? Um. Probably trying not to cry, <laughs> just being so happy to, to get back out there. That's been something I thought about. But even even in the inner squad I had this last weekend, just going out to the mound, I couldn't help but 
have the biggest smile on my face because no matter no matter what I do, whether it's bullpens, playing catch, just being in a scrimmage on on the bench. I mean, you can't replicate going out there and pitching in a game. And so that's something that, that I've thought about every single day, just going out there and being able to to cut it loose again and strike some guys out and just you know even the nuances like the the smaller parts of the game, just being able to be out there for the anthem, you know, with everybody watching you when you're on the mound. I mean, that's that's the fun stuff. I, I can't even I can't even describe how happy I'm going to be this coming weekend in Northridge when I get to finally go out there and do my thing again. Final question for you: How grateful are you for the game of baseball? Oh, I mean, it's been incredible. The opportunities that I've gotten from playing have been absolutely amazing. And that's, I just want to give back as much as I can. Um, I mean, not many people get to go to an institution like the university of San Francisco, just first class in every single way. And obviously now I'm a graduate and I'm working on my master's here just because I've been able to throw baseball. It's, it's incredible. I think that, like I said, I just want to give back and that's in terms of, you know, coaching the little kids here, uh, in the summers or doing all the camps that we have and just and talking to recruits too. I mean, all that stuff. I'm so thankful for, for the game and what it and what it's given to me. And obviously that's, that's something that it can't be, uh, can't be done without all the coaches that I had growing up that put in that kind of love and that kind of time to me too. So I, I've absolutely appreciated. I mean, just have such a love for the game. Landon, we're very thankful for your time as well. Thanks so much for joining us, shedding some light on your story and all the best heading into the 2020 campaign. Of course, Joe. I appreciate it. Thanks for giving me the time. I appreciate it again. Thanks again to Landon Barassa for joining us. And as always, thanks to you for downloading and listening. If you enjoy the podcast, make sure to leave us a rating and review if you can. Over the next few episodes, we'd like to share some of the things that have been said about us on Apple Podcasts. Jumbo Diaz writes, quote, We're lucky to have these guys devote their time to telling the story of baseball in Alberta. Well, Jumbo, we're lucky to have you and everyone else listening here or reading our stories at albertadugoutstories.com. Thanks again for all of your support, no matter the platform of Alberta Dugout Stories.